Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome again, everybody. And those that are listening, watching, wherever you are, appreciate that. We're going to be continuing on in our study in the book of Hebrews. We're going to be covering the whole chapter today, chapter 7, and much of chapter 6 uh, and uh, this chapter 7, the Hebrews, explains that Jesus holds his priestly office eternally because he is eternal, he is deity. It cannot be passed down or changed, unlike the Levitical priests in the Old Testament who died and had to be replaced. Jesus cannot be replaced, amen? So I'm going to ask Joe to come up and read the whole of chapter 7 and follow along in your Bibles. Good morning. In chapter 7, Melchizedek was king of Salem and the priest of God Most High. And he met Abraham returning from defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without the beginning of days or the end of life. Like the sons of God, remain a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi, who become priests, to collect a tenth from the people. That is, their brothers even though their brothers are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. In the one case, the tenth is collected by men who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham, because when Melchizedek and Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the elder order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For when there is change of the priesthood, there must also be change of the law. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. 
For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah. And in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we had said is even more clear. If another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of regulation as his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of the indestructible life, for it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect. And a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it, is, it was not without an oath. Others became priests without any oath. But he became a priest with an oath. When God said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of his oath, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Now there have been many of those priests since the death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he was able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest meets our needs, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day. First for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once and for all. When he offered himself, for the law, has, the law appoints as high priest men who are weak, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, whom has been made perfect forever. Praise God. Thanks, Joe. All right, let's uh, start with a word of prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to have another day, the gift of life, and we also thank you for the gift of eternal life through your Son, Jesus. We need understanding of this chapter, Lord. Uh, speak to us. It uh, applies to us, not just as a group, but as every one of us individually. So may we be tuned in and uh, to learn and to be taught and to grow and be built up in the faith to love you more and to serve you better. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, as, as promised last week, we're going to learn about who Melchizedek was. We don't know everything about him, but apart from what's written in Scripture, the question Today, in the title of this message, those of you that have a handout, you can either fill it in during the message or afterwards take it home with you. Today's message is called, Who Was Melchizedek? 
His name means King of Righteousness, King of Righteousness. He was also a king of Salem, which uh, later is Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And Salem, and there's a Salem in uh, Massachusetts here, amen? It means shalom. That's where we get the Hebrew word shalom, Salem, Jerusalem. And Jerusalem means a vision of peace. So Melchizedek was a king of Salem. And he was also a priest of the Most High God. Melchizedek first appeared in the book of Genesis, and we've covered this as well, when Abraham defeated his enemies. Remember when uh, these marauding kings came and uh, sacked the, the town of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they took away Lot, who was Abraham's nephew and his family. And Abraham found out about it, and he went after these kings and their armies, and uh, they were defeated. And he came back with all the spoils of war, along with Lot and his family and all the inhabitants of Sodom. You can read that in Genesis chapter 14. So when Abraham returned from battle, we hear for the first time about Melchizedek. And he presented bread and wine to Abraham and his troops. Uh, this demonstrated his friendship. Also, he bestowed upon Abraham a blessing, and he praised God for giving Abraham the battle. Hey, we read about the bread and wine. This is probably symbolic of uh, the Lord's Supper. Abraham supported Melchizedek with a tithe, or a tenth of his wealth. Because he respected Melchizedek, he recognized Melchizedek, who ranked above him spiritually. He was the great high priest at that time. King of righteousness, God's appointed high priest. Abraham gave tithes. This was before the law was ever given and required of the Jews to give tithes long before the law demanded it. And it still applies today. The Bible tells us that we, should, we all should pay our tithes and offerings to God. And uh, this is uh, part of the sermon that nobody wants to hear. It says in Malachi chapter 3 that those who do not pay their tithes and offerings to God are robbing God. It's the most unpopular verse in the whole Bible. And uh, some people believe that they only pay tithes and offerings to God when they come to church. Uh-uh. What about when they're on vacation? Yeah, you still have to pay your tithes and offerings. What about when you don't come to church? Yes, you still have to pay. <laughs> God doesn't take a vacation. Amen. So read Malachi chapter 3. Don't take my word for it. Don't shoot the messenger. Believe what the word of God has to say. Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 through 12. 
Let's take it to heart. Verse 3 tells us that Malachi was without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days, or end of life. The Son of God, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Now, the writer could mean actually he had no father or mother, he had no genealogy, or he could mean it figuratively. And I think the latter is figurative. Of course, he had a father and mother. He wasn't divine. Only Jesus didn't have a, a father, except a father in heaven. He had a mother, Mary, who gave birth to him, but he never had a, an earthly father. Melchizedek, having no father, mother, genealogy, no beginning or no ending, probably means we have no details of his family tree, none whatsoever. No details of his birth or his death, he just appears seemingly out of nowhere and then he's gone for thousands of years then he comes back in Hebrews. But he's certainly very different from the priest that came later on because he had a ceaseless ministry. Even though he died, he's in heaven. You know, when we receive eternal life, when we receive Jesus Christ, we have an eternal ministry. We have eternal life because God cannot die. Melchizedek, he wasn't appointed from the tribe of Levi. He was appointed by God himself. It says that he's the king of righteousness. It wasn't perfect. Not, none of us are. This is why we needed a perfect saviour to come and pay the price for our sins on the cross. Jesus Christ. There's so many similarities between Melchizedek and the Lord Jesus. And we're going to be looking at those today. Just like Jesus Christ. He is the great High priest, Melchizedek was the king of righteousness. Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi, as many of you already know. He was from the tribe of Judah. Jesus has an everlasting priesthood. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20 says, Jesus has become a high priest forever in the order of of Melchizedek. Melchizedek didn't come from the, from the Le Leviticus tribe either. He was king of Salem. He probably came from the tribe of Judah, just like Jesus. And the writer here, we don't know who he is, who wrote the book of Hebrews. He shows that Christ's new covenant, we've got the old covenant, the Old Testament. Christ is the new covenant, priesthood far superior to the old Levitical covenant priesthood of Aaron that came about when the law was given to the people of Israel. Aaron was the first priest. Who was Aaron? Moses' brother. Melchizedek was a righteous man, kingly priest, 
like Jesus. And the book of Hebrews is all about Melchizedek and Jesus. They're so familiar because they're both kings of righteousness and peace. He was the king of Salem, Shalom. Uh, my dentist is Jewish and, you know, some of the lady comes, cleans your teeth and then the, he comes in and I, I always say, Shalom. It's the first thing I say to him, Shalom, peace. In King David's 110th Psalm, he also refers to Melchizedek as a type of Christ and that's what he is. And it says, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You, Jesus, he's referring to here, are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. That's 110 verse 4. Those are take notes. Psalm 110 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 5, 6, and 7 describe this supremacy of Jesus, the great high priest. And he's using Melchizedek as an illustration of priesthood and kingship. He was the king of Salem, amen? So the, the phrase, the, the phrase, I should say, the order of Melchizedek, which we just read from Psalm 110, verse 4, the order of Melchizedek refers to his lineage, lineage, his family tree. Moses' brother, Aaron, was the first of the Levitical priests or the Aaronic priesthood. He was born to a family of Levites. So the Aaronic priests would have been priests according to the order of Aaron. Are you with me so far? Hebrews 7 verse 11. What does that mean? Those priests would have come from the lineage or family of Aaron, sharing a similar function. So the Levitical priesthood was ordained to mediate between God and man according to the law of Moses. In Israel, that was their function, to be a mediator. But Melchizedek was not a priest of Israel because that nation didn't even exist during his lifetime. And Abraham didn't even have any children at that time. In fact, the Levites wouldn't become a priestly tribe for another, wait for it, 400 years. So let's go back. Psalm 110 describes the messianic nature of Jesus' future rule with an emphasis on him being a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Priests, according to the order of Aaron, were not kings like Melchizedek was, but priests alone. However, Melchizedek was both priest and king. And in the same way, Jesus holds that dual role of both being high priest and king. In this chapter, the writer tells us 
that the Mosaic law was insufficient to save souls. That was never its purpose. Let's read again. 11 and 12, same chapter. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it, the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to come? Who's that? One who is in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when there is a change of the priesthood, there must also be a change of the law. The law was insufficient to save anybody's soul. It was given to show the righteousness of God that we all fall short of his perfect standard, that we're sinners and we need a saviour. Who would come? And who was that? Jesus. Thank God that he did, amen? Or we'd all be lost. We'd all be consumed. On our way to hell. That's why we needed Jesus the eternal being, to come and save us from our sins. Read verse 16 again. One who has become a priest, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, like Aaron, the, the Levitical priests, to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an undistinguished indestructible life for he has declared you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek in this chapter the law was insufficient it tells us that to save anybody again the purpose of the Old Testament priests was to be a mediator between God and man during the Old Testament time, the Leviticus priests, they would make sacrifice. You probably know this already if you've been here long enough. They would make sacrifices for sins on behalf of the nation of Israel. You want to learn more about that? Read Leviticus chapter 16. Those sacrifices where the blood of an innocent animal had to be shed to cover the sins of the people had to re be repeated over and over and over again because they could never take away sins. And eventually those Levitical priests, Levite priests, they would die. And their work as mediators would cease until they appointed a new priest. Amen? But Jesus... He's our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. He is eternal. He's deity. He is God. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Yes. If you don't, then you're not saved. I'm sorry. He's not only our perfect sacrifice for sins. He's also our mediator between us and holy God the Father. He's our go-between who pleads our case before a holy God. Listen to 1 John chapter 2, 1 and 2. My dear children, Christian, I write this to you so that you will not sin. 
But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He died for every single person who's ever been born. Unfortunately, not every single person who's ever been born will be saved. There's a broad road that leads to destruction. Majority are on that broad road like we were at one time before we, the, before we saw the light. I'm not going to sing that. I love that song, by the way. And then there's a narrow road. And few are on that road, few there that find it, that leads to eternal life. Are you on the, what are you on? Are you on the broad road? If you don't have Jesus as your saviour, you're on the broad road that leads to destruction. You're going to perish. Are you on the narrow road? If you're on the narrow road, it leads to eternal life. But you've got to go through the gates. You've got to go through the door. Jesus is the door. Amen. He's the door. He's the way. He's the life. And no man comes unto the Father but through him. He's our advocate, you know. Don't know any of you have ever been arrested. Hopefully not. Don't ever say anything when you get arrested. We've got a policeman here. They try to get the, the, all the information they can and they try to get you to confess to the crime. Do not do it. Do not confess. Demand an advocate. What's that? A lawyer. Demand a lawyer. Keep stum. You know, keep stum. Have you ever heard that saying before? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Hebrew. Keep quiet. And then the advocate will come and he'll plead your case. That's what Jesus does. He's, the, he's the, like the eternal general. Amen? He's the eternal general. He pleads our case before God the Father. And, uh, you know, oh, Jim sinned again, Lord. You know, he's, he's okay. He's your child. You know, and he's covered by the blood. He's covered by the blood. So we'll give him a pass this time. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, his ministry will never end. He has an eternal priesthood. Jesus remains our eternal high priest forever and ever. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 tells us Jesus not, is not only our sympathetic, empathetic priest who is touched with the feelings. Nobody knows how we feel. Nobody knows how we think. Nobody knows what we're going through except Jesus. He is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows us better than anybody could ever possibly know us, our inner thoughts. He's also the supreme sovereign. 
Revelation chapter 19 says that he has and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords and just as predicted read it for yourself in Psalm 110 in verse 2 one day Jesus will come back and sit on a throne in Jerusalem. He's going to sit on his throne and his kingship will be everlasting and he will rule and reign forever and ever and we will rule and reign with him. So that's, that should be an encouragement, you know, regardless of what's going on in your life and what's going on in the world. Don't be discouraged. One day, we will rule and reign with him. And we'll be perfect. That's something to look forward to. We'll be perfect. So let me close. Today, hopefully, we've seen a number of similarities between Jesus and Melchizedek. Melchizedek was both high priest and king. King of Salem. Jesus is the great high priest and king of kings. Melchizedek, the priest, had a ceaseless ministry. He's in heaven. Jesus is the eternal mediator between God and man. Jesus is the final supreme authority to rule and to reign soon to return, establish his kingdom from the same city where Melchizedek served. Coincidentally, no, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, that's where Jesus will sit on his throne and rule and reign in his kingdom. And we'll be with him and we'll rule and reign with him for a thousand years, the millennial kingdom. Amen? Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, we're so grateful, we're so enthralled to read about this righteous man, King of Salem, the priest forever in the order of the divine sovereign, the Lord Jesus Christ, Melchizedek, a righteous, godly man. Help us to be that, like that man. Help us to be more like Jesus. We fall so far, far short of your perfection, but we are so thankful that you don't see our imperfections and our faults like we do, but you see Christ in us, the hope of glory. And let us remember that when we feel discouraged, when we are ashamed of... Uh, the things that we think about, the things that we do, the uh, deceitfulness of our hearts that reveal that we are sinners by nature. But we want to thank you, dear Lord, that you've given us a new nature and help us to focus, to be more like Jesus, to be filled with your spirit on a daily basis and remember the price that you paid on that cross to deliver us from our sins. There may be somebody listening to this message 
and you're not saved, you're on the broad road that leads to destruction. The Bible tells us that, that if you've never been saved, if you've never received Jesus as your personal savior, then you're hell bound, my friends. And God doesn't want you to go there. He sent his son to pay the penalty for your sins. He paid the price, so you won't have to pay the penalty for your sins. And if you call upon his name to save you, then he will. But you have to believe by faith, believe by faith that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead and call upon his name and the promise is you shall be saved. And I hope you'll do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.